because you'll be out here in the hot sun cutting people for free like all day why like why do you do that well there's something about a haircut that makes someone feel better about themselves mm. i didn't realize that like um, when my I just know when my clients will get up, like you see the attitude when they sit down, especially if they got things going on. Mm-hmm. But when they get up and like, you know, even the kid, like the babies, oh, my babies, like, cause they would used to give me a hard time. But when they like look in the mirror, babies, like their confidence would change. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I don't mind donating some of my time and my skill to a person that, you know, maybe they just needed that, that one cut, just like, all right, like, you know, I'm going to get my life together. Like, yeah. so it just, I didn't really, it wasn't so much of a hard thought. To do. My friends, welcome back to the Smoking Mirror podcast, where we dive deep into the creative minds that are shaping our culture and inspiring us all. My name is Jordan Jones, your host and fellow creator. And I'm on a mission to spread knowledge and inspiration to help people like you leave your mark on the world. From artists to musicians to entrepreneurs and more, join me as we explore the intentional act of creation and the forces that drive us to do God's work. Today, I'm here with my barber and friend, Nia Haskins. What's good, Nia? Jay, how you doing? Doing great, doing great. So I'm glad that we finally got a chance to do this. Now that you got a car, (laughs) and it was still last minute, but selfishly, I was keeping you in the back pocket because I knew somebody would flake, and you'd be ready to go. So I appreciate you making the time today. No problem. I've been wanting to sit with you for a while. I told myself in my head, when he asks me again, I'm going to say, yeah, okay, I'm coming. coming." Because I definitely asked you like, Three times. It was like, oh, I can't make it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. So I've met you when we were at an event for the community garden that our friend, uh, damn, Daniel? Daniel and Jorge, too. Yeah, and Jorge. Yep. So they have a community garden where they feed the community. They grow like their own food. And there was like recent shootings in the area. So he, Daniel had got a bunch of people um organized just to kind of support the community go out canvas and let people know like you know there's resources if you need it so when i went out there i saw nia giving free haircuts and i was like first of all i don't see girls cutting hair so that shit was just different to me and then i was like wait a minute all these people that keep getting up are looking fresh as hell like (laughs) afterwards i was like damn i didn't know like female barbers were like that and then you were just giving people cuts for free. So, like, I always wanted to learn more about, like, how'd you get into barbering and, and why do you do it for free, too? Oh, man. I got into barbering, I want to say, like, around high school. Like, the last two years of high school, I was in vocational school. Mm. So my guidance counselor, he recommended that I go to vocational because at the time I was taking fashion and art. Mm-hmm. He was like, you're going to need some money in your pocket. I don't want you to be a starving artist. So I did the two years of cosmetology school, but I started off as a shampoo girl. Then I started working in the shop and the lady was, I thought, I'm like, I'm going to do cosmetology. I'm going to do hair. But then the lady working there, she was like, we, we mainly get men in here. So mm-hmm. you're going to be doing men's hair. So she, you know, all the barbers inside, they taught me what clippers to get, where to begin. I re- I remember my first haircut. Like if I was to see this guy again today, I would remember him. Wow. And I just I I'm so grateful because the barbers there they were from all different backgrounds. Like I had um two barber friends. They were from Egypt at the time. Mm. They got uh, got here to America on a lottery, and we were trading like teach me English and I'll teach you barbering. So we really? were like yeah, my Muhammad and Ibrahim. 
They're brothers, and they've been cutting pretty much since like birth. Their father was a barber. Wow. So they taught me a lot of different things, and now to this day, English on point, boy. Like the That's English crazy. is crazy. So you yeah. still keep in touch with them? I do, I do. Especially wow. if I go to Jersey, I try to make sure that I stop by and see them because they're still holding down the shop too. What was it like that first haircut? Was it? Uh, mess him up <laughs> no i did good i oh, did okay. good he uh he had real curly hair and he just wanted it all even and we just worked together i'm like all right like you know we, we worked together and got it right and thankfully i had my brothers at home they were like you know i was using them at home to kind of get some things together yeah. so that helped a lot too. how old were you around this time mm, i want to say maybe maybe around like 17 wow or so yeah so i'm sure you were like the only girl doing that right or <laughs> at the time, at the time of me getting into it, I figured I was the only one. Like you had older women that were stylists but cut hair too, mm -hmm. you know. But I was the only black one that I had seen that was in that. I was working in the mall too. Wow. So you know, people are a little weird about getting their hair cut in the mall. Definitely, <laughs> I would. I would not get my hair cut in the mall. Yeah. JC Penny or some shit. <laughs> True cuts. Hell yeah. no. Yeah. So I, later on, I met. Um, there was a lady barber I had heard about named Jiva, and I'm from Jersey. Mm -hmm. So Jiva was like everybody went to her, mm. and she was like she was real fly. To this day, she's still doing her thing. She's out in Cali now, but. That's when I first knew, like, all right, like, there's more of us. Like, was she kind of an inspiration for you, or what? I I felt like it was someone like, all right, I'm not alone completely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wish at that time I spent more time with her, but I was still building my confidence in barbering. So mm -hmm. eventually, I met other people. You know, with my cut, learning to cut. I had a barber. I was apprenticing under named Joey, and rest in peace to Joey. But he, I remember I first met him, he took me to his garage, and he had a whole setup in his garage. Mm. And, like, boy, like, Joey could really cut, too. And he, everybody in the community was down with Joey, wow. you know. So that was, like, my first experience, you know, getting taught also. Wow, that's crazy. So, like... This all came about because of program at your school? Yeah, well, we had vocational school. So we had the option to do two years of vocational school where you do half of high school and then the rest of the day you go to school, you know, the vocational school. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to do that because I didn't really, I wasn't crazy about high school. I yeah. felt like I just, I was just kind of floating through. So vocational kind of woke me up and I just met so many dope people in that program. Do they still have programs like that? I want to say they do. I mean, I know there's technical schools and vocational schools, but... I feel like they're around, but they, they really need to be spoken more of because I think kids will be more engaged you yeah. know, in learning that. I was just talking to young my young man out there. He was talking about how he was getting into trade schools, like um, being an electrician and welding and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, you can make a lot of money and you're not going to be replaced. Like yeah. You're always going to need people to come and do the plumbing for your house mm -hmm. or fix your AC. Very much. And so I, I love the, the barbering. When did you know, like, oh, I'm really good versus... <laughs> Oh, I'm just starting out. Like when, when when did it click? Like, oh yeah, I'm like this. Um, okay. I'll say it was like a little later on when I moved back because I was I was uh, going to college out here for a while. So mm -hmm. after college, I went back to Jersey. I've been practicing and cutting for a minute. And there was this one shop, this shop owner named Meeks. He was like he kept like kind of peeping my stuff and like a lot of people in the area kept peeping my stuff and it was like all right like even in the mall like people would stop and then my clientele was starting to grow so i'm like all right like i think nice. we might be on to something so i and i worked in the military for a while as a barber so that's mm. when i knew like all right 
Like, we, we doing it. We doing it right now. Because we used to have to do at least 30 cuts a day sometimes. Like, if it was Jeez. that busy. But there were a lot of fades. You know, yeah. in the military, you just kind of give them the fades and getting them out the chair. Yeah. So, around that time, between working in the military and then being sought out by Meeks, he had a, a bomb shop in uh, this area called Neptune. Real dope shop. So, I just knew, like, all right, like... You're valuable. You know what I mean? You know what you're doing. Yeah, you sound yeah. like a New Jersey legend. Do people know you out there in Jersey? What? I feel like the area, yeah. As I became a barber more and just, I think people for the most part do. My clients anyway and my sure. family. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. So you're getting, now we're, I'm trying to, I'm getting to know more about like your endurance, like 30 heads a day. Because you'd be out here in the hot sun cutting people for free like all day. Why? Like, why do you do that? Well, there's something about a haircut that makes someone feel better about themselves. Mm. I didn't realize that. Like, um, when my I just know when my clients would get up, like you see the attitude when they sit down, especially if they got things going on. Mm -hmm. But when they get up and like, you know, even the kid, like the babies, oh my babies, like because they would used to give me a hard time, but when they like look in the mirror babies like their confidence would change mm -hmm. so it's like i i don't mind donating some of my time and my skill to a person that you know maybe they just needed that that one cut just like all right like you know i'm gonna get my life together like yeah so it just i didn't really it wasn't so much of a hard thought to do i love that i mean i've seen it with my own eyes like people especially if they could be like homeless or just going through mm -hmm. certain challenges and like you cut their hair like literally night and day difference afterwards they look like like they just look like their spirit is up, yeah. you know, and they just feel happy and it's yeah. it's powerful. So kudos to you for doing that. Have you always been like altruistic? Because obviously we also connected because you're part of Black Men Build. Mm -hmm. So have you always been like part of the community, like building like that? You know what? I actually have like I think my mother and there was a youth ministry group I was a part of in New Jersey called Aslan Youth Ministries. Uh, it was kind of like almost a after school and a latchkey program, too, because my mom was working a lot. Mm -hmm. So my younger brother and I, we would go. But as in youth ministries, they took me for the first time to Haiti when I was 15. Wow. And we had like a summer camp out there. So we worked with our babies. We worked with other teenagers that we were the same age. In and, Haiti? In Haiti, yeah. That's pretty crazy. It was it was so much. Even my, I still have friends to this day from there that awesome. I knew. And that right there, I know that changed my life for the better because... What I loved about, especially our, our team mem team members that were out there, a lot of us, we were out there playing Uno, but the other students, they was looking at our books. Like, they were trying to read and get their education on. And I just loved mm. how much they valued education, especially at that age. It showed me the difference between our, you know, our children here and back over there, too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, I think it's because the they don't have that. I don't know. Maybe we take it for granted, which is why we don't value it as much. Very much. I, I feel just with a lot that has been going on, you know, in the U.S. And you know how our school systems are, you know, and I, I really it's up to the parents and it's up to the teachers. It's just, it's just the whole, you know, system that needs to work. But I think uh, they appreciate it a lot more. Education is just so important. And I, I think that their parents and just the culture pours into it a lot more because you can just travel and just see the world a little differently when you're educated. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, I love that you're a barber because it made me change the perspective of having men cut my hair. Because I, I much prefer you touching my face than some rough, you know how, man, Dre, you know how niggas be mad rough cutting your head, you know what I'm saying? And they smooch your head like this, you know what I'm saying? They be, man, nah, I smell the weed on their fingers and all that. But having a woman that like cut you is, is nice. That's such a nice change of pace. Like, I love it. So- 
this is what I'm actually curious about just from us talking. Like, I know that your main career is like barbering, mm -hmm. but you also have a passion for painting and doing other types of art too. So walk me through that. Like, what's going on with the painting? Like, what do, what's your goal with that? Well, well, my painting, you know, at first I always drew as a, as a child. Like, that was my way. That was my therapy. Like, I, I found a way to escape in, in my art. Mm -hmm. And as I got older, I was like, I want to teach myself how to paint. Like, I can't be that much different than drawing and right. using markers and whatnot. So I started, you know, doing painting. And then it started to become more serious because people started to really see my work a little differently. And I've been discovering my art style. And this year, my goal has been to finally let go of my pieces and sell them because yeah. it's been so hard lately to let go of pieces. They just mean so much to me. But I think I like the flow of allowing my pieces to be gifts to folks that will really appreciate it. Mm. So a part of that, you know, my painting, that's been the goal to start selling pieces and, you know, really kind of just see where it takes me and get some more exhibitions going. Too. I was going to say, would you ever consider like trying to get yourself in a gallery or doing some shit for Art Basel, maybe link it with other artists very much very much i think my confidence is also grown up within my art mm -hmm. so i'm actually very excited to work with other artists and to really uh i, I think i have to push myself out there a little bit more to get myself in galleries because I, I feel like i i have all the potential in the world and i see it in myself more than others just seeing it in me mm -hmm. i now see it so that's like that's definitely the next goal so was it really just the the piece of feeling like people were like, are hitting you up saying that they want to buy it and you're attached to them. Like, is that what was holding you back? Or is it something else that you think might've been holding you back besides the attachment to the art? I, um, I, I, I think I was like, when people actually liked it, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to know like that they would treasure it as mm. much as I treasure it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that was what was important because I just didn't want to just sell something to make money. It's right. not really about that for me. It's about how you resonate and connect with the piece. You know, that that would me to that to me would be like, all right, like it's going to a good home. I feel like that's why you gotta charge them high ticket prices. Like <laughs> if you don't wanna get rid of it, fuck it, charge five thousand dollars for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm learning that. I'm learning that. Cause, and I think people respect you more when you kinda put like a, a, a respectable price on your work. You right. know, it's kinda like, all right, I'm a you know, I'm a I'm a save up for that. You know, I'm gonna kinda work to make sure I get this piece. It's like, if you don't value it, nobody else is going to value it. Yeah. So, yeah, if you tell somebody, yeah, look, if you want it, it's $40,000, then they're going to be like, damn, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not getting that unless I love it. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Like, hey, that makes sense. So, how did how do you see this tying in with the, some of the work you're doing with the school? Because I actually had Salam on, and we were talking about the work we're doing with uh, at KIPP. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about the project that you have going on, because I think it's really dope with the photography and, and all that. Oh, man. So we have this project with Gamebird Youth, Black Men Build, and Kip Liberty School. We're doing a photography workshop. We've been doing it for like the last few months. Mm -hmm. Our babies, right now, they're fifth graders. We started out with the older crowd, but the fifth graders, they really clung on to us. But their pieces that they uh, took pictures of with their cameras, they're going to be in the History of Miami Museum mm -hmm. coming up in June. We have a whole beautiful exhibition going that we've been planning for them. So for these last few weeks, along with Malik and Calvin and Salam, they all been taking part in everything that they're good at, they've been pouring into the students. So whether it be from photography to creative writing to really just even just 
having like uh, affirmations being poured into them. Like mm-hmm. we've all been mentoring them in, in, them in our own way. So that's been working out. So beautiful. I, I know. I love uh, it. Yeah. So you said you started off with the older kids and then stuck with the fifth graders. Yes. Why do you think the fifth graders are loving it more or resonating more with them? I don't know. I think... I feel like with the eighth graders, they're a little cool. You know, they're a little too cool. The fifth graders are so enthusiastic. And Mm -hmm. they're so, it's like before the world like actually hits them, they have like this hunger and passion and they look at the world like a little bit differently and they're eager, you know, a little bit more. A little more curious maybe? Yeah, I can definitely see that. No, I think that, that that's gonna be dope. What what's the date? Because I want to definitely be there. June twenty third. Twenty third. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. And it's gonna be like a, a daytime event too. But yeah. I'll make sure we're gonna have flyers and we'll post it. Nice. And make sure I don't fucking schedule a podcast yes. in that time. Because yes. <laughs> yeah, I want to come in and take some pictures of my own. Yeah. I think it's great. I feel like we gotta express if we can expose more kids to ways they can do, like creative outlets. Mm-hmm. They won't feel the need to do the regular regular ones. I feel mm-hmm. like kids feel tied into a box like they don't really get to experience things like photography fine art poetry you know what i mean like i don't know i just i just love that i love what y'all are doing yeah thank you how does it make you feel you know what wednesdays has become my favorite day mm. like it makes me feel like i have a purpose mm. and like to, and i'm learning with them like the more we teach the more i learn with the babies and you start to get attached to them. Like, oh, it's going to be hard to, like, end this program, but I'm excited to begin it so we can expose other students to, you know, a lot more outlets, too. I feel like this can be, like, a recurring thing, Mm -hmm. too. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's what we're working on. Wow. That's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So you're a community activist, barber, and an artist. Did I miss anything else? You know what? My father, he calls me a master craftswoman. He's like, because I'm a craftswoman. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm just a woman. I'm good with my hands. I love to build. And, you know, I, I like to see what I can come from my mind. You know, it comes from my thoughts and make it into my reality. Nice. Yeah. What's your creative process like? Oh, my gosh. My creative process, man, I, I know, first of all, I have to get, like, my emotions right. Mm-hmm. Depending on what's going on in my life, I, I try to harness like that like transfer that energy into my art rather than just like pouring it all on me and just being stuck like a rock <laughs> i have to transfer it somewhere i have to put it somewhere yeah. so as long as I, when i get my emotions together and I, my environment is on point it, it works out really well too when you say like getting your like what do you what do you do with your emotion you write stuff down or like what do you do Sometimes I'll, I'll put it on the canvas, mm. like depending on what I'm feeling or mm-hmm. where my heart is at or things that I want to work on, like things I want to manifest. Like I literally just put it on the canvas or I'll sketch it out or I I use like a lot of references too to at least just put together everything to make it make sense. When do you think you make your best work? Mm. My best work? When You know what? I'll say when when I, I get motivated by the people I love, when they tell me like, yo, like I got you, I'm a pouring to you, I'm a, I'm a post you, like I'm a support you, like we got this. Like when my, the people that I, I love dearly tell me like, they're gonna support me too, it motivates me differently. Cause it's mm. like, they see that and it's like, nah, like we gotta keep going, like don't stop. That, that really, I don't know, that seems to help a whole lot for some reason. Yeah, yeah. kind of like just encouragement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does feel good when you get that other va- that validation from somebody else cause Sometimes like you like like it, but mm-hmm. then you're like shit. I don't know how everybody else mm-hmm. would receive it. Mm-hmm. I like. I wish you would have brought. brought I should have told you to brought a piece because I love the style of it. But that one with like the longer neck and it's like the galaxy. Can you describe that one for people? Because it's really cool. 
Oh, so I create characters. Like a lot of my characters, they're either reflections of me or think of like a lot of the pieces that you used to see in like your auntie's house, like a lot of those black pieces, those mm -hmm. African-American cultural pieces. That's where a lot of my art, the inspiration of it comes from. And on the inside of the body, I feel like I create a galaxy. So they're different colors, like blues and purples, and I'll add my stars. And I just think that, you know, within us, we we carry a whole entire universe. So that's how a lot of my, I have a lot of gold too. So I feel like we have a lot of royalty in our blood. Nice. Yeah, that was a great description. I love the, I love how you said that we have a universe inside us. Mm -hmm. That's so dope. <laughs> how would you describe like your clothing style? I feel like you have a unique clothing style too. Thank Oh man, I'm inspired by, I love fashion. So I'm very, uh, culturally, I'm very inspired by different fashion pieces. Growing up in Jersey, like I would always wanna, like my cousins back up at home in in Jersey, up in Newark, they were always the flyest ones I would see, like from the head wraps to, you know, the different type of um, turbans and different, you know, dresses and things that they would wear. So just culturally, I've been inspired by a lot of pieces and even learning about my own culture, period, and just mixing up patterns. Mm -hmm. I, I like to play with a lot of different things and just see You be sewing and shit, too? Or? I do. I do. Damn. Yeah. You really are a craftswoman. <laughs> Would you ever, like, come out with a clothing brand? I know you said initially when you were doing school, you were into, like, fashion and stuff. Would you ever start a clothing brand? You know what? My my brand is interesting. I love so many aspects of art. I would include clothing with it. Mm -hmm. So clothing, I definitely would. I would consider that. I'm still tweaking that and getting that right. So I was actually talking to, you know, Trevor. Yeah. I was talking to him yesterday yesterday about Black Men Build, and he's trying to, like, really like grow it. Like, he wants to see it succeed, and we were just chopping it up about different ideas. I really think there's an opportunity to have, like, print-on-demand art, mm -hmm. but also, like, clothing and merch Maybe not print on demand, but just selling stuff from B and B. You know what I mean? And like helping make make money so we can do other stuff. For sure, yeah. I just I don't know. I just brought that up because uh, think about that because you know we might be able to design clothes and like yes. shit that we would wear for B and B, and then yes. also offer it to the general public. Because yes. we were like, how do we get young like people to want to care about it? You know what I'm saying? Like more traction and more energy around it. Mm -hmm. People want to be like proud of their shit, have some swag. Took me forever to get my damn T-shirt, Chico. <laughs> <laughs> I need some drip for my shit, for real. No, that's real. That's real. I think, I think adding like a bit of uh the the flair of what fashion looks like now, but then mixing it with like a lot of the what's going on within the community, yeah. like even what's been going on in history. If you can add that like on a piece that is kind of popular, I think it could kind of change things around a little bit. You kind of have to work with what's going on with the youth right now. Yeah. Too, and just add like a bit of a historical flair to it. Because fashion is such a big part of communication. And I think people can, people are drawn to shit. Like they want to wear something and feel a part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think there's a big opportunity there. Mm -hmm. So we might have to collab and, and do something like that I'm for with real. That. No, I'm with that for real. Man, there's a lot of sh exciting shit going on with, with B and B, where are we moving again? Do we know those? I think we're still in the process of getting that worked out, but you know we got some time. We're, we're going to be moving soon, but we're in the st we're still in the process of figuring that out. Okay. Yeah. How do you like living in Miami versus Jersey? Oh man, I I love Miami. I've been. I what I love the most about it is how the community really comes together. Mm. Like that's been probably my favorite part. I've never been to a place where. 
everybody really looks out to make sure that, you know, we are our own first responders, you know, and uh, that's one thing I've loved. I love culturally how beautiful it is. Like, you can get everything out here. And um, I don't know, it's been one of the best decisions I've made to move out here. Wait, did we even talk about how did you get down here? Like, what made you come down? Well, I first went to the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale, like back in 07. Mm. And um, that's when I first got introduced to being down here. And then I had friends that were living in Miami and I lived in Opelika for a time too. And I just was like, all right, I'm gonna have to come back here. Like it's, I made a life for myself for the first time. So mm. I was like, I'm gonna have to come back. I'm gonna have to come back. So that was always in my plan to come back and just, uh, you know, see what it is that I didn't, you know, to kind of see what I can do, you know, move around a little bit and connect a little bit more with everything going on out here. How do you think about the dating pool out here? How's that been going? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I'm not so much looking. I think when you, for me, I think when you start looking, like you're going to get what you look for, you know, and I think it's kind of good just to kind of go within for a little while, figure mm-hmm. out what you like, what you don't like, live on your own for a little while. And this it's going to be something that comes to you. You're going to meet it. Just go out, go to the places you enjoy, do things you like, and then you'll be around people that you like. You know, change the way you think. I think there's a lot of – the dating pool could be better. It's just – it's just what you want and like what your, you know, your boundaries, how you set your boundaries and mm-hmm. how you, how much of yourself are you? How genuine are of yourself are you? What are you putting out in the world? Because right. that does matter too. Some people do act a certain way just to try to mm-hmm. <laughs> get people to like them. And then it's like, once you got them, they start to see who you really are. It's like, oh wait, I don't like that. Yeah, it's like you're, it's like you're dating a stranger. I think the best thing is like uh, making friends with folks and you know, then it, you know, you never know. But I think it's good to be friends. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you know, make some friends, like, figure out what you like and, you know, explore that. Take some time to know somebody. Like, you really just don't know someone. Like, it doesn't take like a year, like, to genuinely know someone. They say you got to live with someone to know them. Yeah. But it really does take some time. Definitely. It really does. Because, I mean, most people don't even know that much about themselves, mm-hmm. let alone somebody else. You got to really spend time and have real conversations. I think that is becoming a, lost art people don't know how to interact with each other anymore mm-hmm. i even be feeling weird talking to people in public i'm just like are these people so, like aliens mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you say something like regular to somebody or or i'll have conversations with people and they know i'm not from here they'd be like mm-hmm. you're not from here are you and i'm like why they'd be like you have good manners i'm just like what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> that shit crazy but i don't know people feel like when you're too friendly you can get taken advantage of yeah yeah, they. I don't know. It's like a level of respect that they may not have for you because of being, you're being too nice. Friendly. Yeah, yeah. You're being nice, and I could get that. I can get that too. But it's like, why? Do, damn, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, but the world is. I think folks have been just, you know, getting the other side of the world and the coldness of the world so yeah. much when they meet someone with a, a different type of light. It's like, well, I'm acting friendly. Nigga, yeah. what the fuck wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, no, that's real. That's real. Wow. So, like, what's the what's your like long-term goal 10 years from now what do you think your life's gonna look like oh man so what i'm working on now my art is the legacy that i'm leaving for my children Mm -hmm. i plan to have like a whole lot of land with my people with my family and just be able to cultivate a whole life you know from that like i want to chill life like i want to be able to still kind of give back and teach and my i just want to get my children right that's the biggest thing right now when yeah. i do have children yeah. i'm working on that right now and just preparing to be like a good partner good mother and everything that they need to make sure that they have the life that they deserve yeah because raising a kid these days seems crazy mm-hmm. 
like the shit they put in the food, mm-hmm. shit they put in the air. Now we got technology changing the world with AI. Mm-hmm. It is a little, it's a little crazy. I can't imagine raising a kid right now, to be honest. I think you just really have to, they have to have a lot of good mentors and a lot of good people around them. And you just have to, I think, build, have a strong relationship that's really pour into them and just be mindful of what they watch and the friends they have. Like, they just really have to, you got to be on top of it. That's, that's it. true. Yeah. Tori ain't got kids. Right, right now, right, Tori? Yeah, I got two. The boy father of the year over there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Father's Day coming up, too. He lit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, I love it. I mean, I think the future are... Future generations, I'm optimistic for mm-hmm. because we have so much information now that I think we can really do right by the kids. Like, I work in education. I still be selling to schools. I don't, I'm not working at a school, but I see some of the models that like these charter schools, and it's nice. They're, like, getting social-emotional learning, like, in every kid's day, like, at the beginning. First, like, 45 minutes of school before they even do any work, like, mm-hmm. social-emotional learning. I think if we start doing more of that shit, people will – just be more healthy humans. Because I think right now, depression rates are like at all-time highs. People are not feeling good, even though we have like the richest country, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just, it just kind of indicates to me that we there's something more that we're lacking. Mm-hmm. Very much. I think what's missing in school is life skills. Like if I had yeah. more classes on life skills and how to, you know, when I get out into the world, how it's supposed to be and, you know, how to deal with my emotions and how to process emotions, I think especially during that age, children's age, as they're developing, as they develop, you know, each stage, there should be something to teach them how to, you know, interact and be a good member of society. A good citizen. Yeah. They don't even tell you to do like taxes and shit, but then they'll kick your door down when you don't pay no taxes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That shit has always been crazy as hell to me. So what do you do for fun, Nia? What do I do for fun? Yeah. You know what? I I like to go on trails a lot. Like trails? I, I'm into nature. Really? Oh yeah, I love nature. I'll sit outside for hours sometimes because my backyard we have like a lot of life out there. So mm-hmm. anywhere where I can be in nature and see the stars, like I've been looking for places where I have like a dark sky because mm-hmm. I'm I'm into like a astronomy. So I love the stars. So any place where there's less lo- le- less light pollution, I'm there. When you say you're into astronomy, what does that mean? Oh, astronomy is like the study of like the stars and the planets. And I've been into that since I've been a child. Really? Yeah. So like, do you be like, oh, I see that the moon is in Venus right now. So I'm going to act <laughs> like this or I'm going to be aware of this. Like, how, like, do you really be reading it like that or what? Well, that's that's more of astrology. I'm still a baby with astrology. So I'm getting there. I'm, that's I've astrology. Been, We're yeah, talking astronomy. Astronomy. But it still is. <laughs> it still correlates, though. Yeah. But I, I still been getting to that place because I've been realizing like that does matter. Like where the planets were when you were born. I think it does matter because yeah. we're made of water. Mm-hmm. It's like all the gravity and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just has to matter. Mm-hmm. So you got like a telescope? I want to get one so bad. <laughs> I want I, one too. Yes. I think it would be dope to be able to like look at a solar eclipse or like maybe record it with your mm-hmm. telescope. Mm-hmm. Damn, that shit is cool. Yeah. they There's this page I follow and it's like a, they have everybody with like all of their equipment. You know, they tell you what places to go. Uh, I'm waiting on it. Like some of the telescope, telescopes, they're a bit expensive, but mm-hmm. like. It's worth it. I'm I'm waiting for that. Though. Are we ever going on that camping trip with Chico? Do you remember how he said he wanted to go on a camping trip? I think soon. Yeah, I definitely would be down for that. You you down to go camping? Yes. Well, I love outdoors. The outdoors. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I don't think I can sleep. Could you sleep outside with no tent, just straight on the grass? Wow. Maybe you got a sleeping bag, but. I mean, I'm gonna need 
See, my issue is I don't want bugs crawling in, you know, in right, my nose, nose and in my shit. ears. Like, that's the only thing. Like, I feel like I can, I would at least I'll give me a little tent or something a to tent, cover a mosquito yeah. net or something Definitely so I can be outside. Net. Yeah. Have you ever seen that show? It's like, it was called Naked and Afraid, where they yes. drop people off. Could you do some shit like that? No way. <laughs> no, I'm okay. not in that place yet. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is insane. Yeah. They drop people off butt ass naked in like the Amazon and be like, all right, we'll come get you in two weeks. ain't no way people be doing it too some people be out there they make themselves shoes and they be eating snakes and frogs and shit no way i couldn't do it (laughs) no i couldn't do it but i used to love crocodile crocodile hunter like steve Mm -hmm. Irwin. i love that show i thought it was so dope that he would just go pick up all these like scary animals and man r.i.p to that boy i felt so sad when he died Well, we got 12 minutes left, Nia. Do you have anything upcoming you want to promote besides the student thing? Oh, well, this year I'll be, I'm putting out my art completely. So you'll be seeing, you know, a lot of different things from, I have a brand, it's called Peace of Purpose. Peace of Purpose. Yes. Is that what you're? Yes, this is the nice. logo. Nice. My name uh, means purpose in Swahili. So. Mm. All of my pieces, like they're a piece of purpose. They're a piece of me. They come from me. So that's my goal this year, just to drop everything. And I'm getting like my the business side together and promo. And, you know, it's just really, I don't know. It feels like I'm vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. like this this line feels very vulnerable. So I'm excited just to drop it and just see how people receive it. Yeah. Man, I love that. I didn't know that was your brand. I've seen you wear that a lot. I feel like you need to talk about that more and flex it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I've been, um, I've been, I'm such trying to not be a perfectionist and more be okay, more with progression. Yeah. So um, I've been working on that a lot more, but I, I do need to push it more because I didn't realize how special it was. And um, I'm realizing more how special I am too. So that's, you know, that all correlates with that. You know, I feel I like, feel. yeah, you'll get a lot of support too. I feel like especially girls, y'all be supporting each other a lot more than guys will support mm-hmm. each other. <laughs> so I definitely say, yeah, like push that because, yeah, yeah the, the you designed the logo? I did. I had a friend design it with me also. But, yeah, I pretty much designed it and we just kind of tweaked it and made made it look right. And then you hit up Iliante and bust down. No, I'm just joking. Where'd you get it? Like, how'd you get a chain made out of it? Like, <laughs> There's this brand called Glow Girl uh, online, and they make like any logo that you have. You just send it to them, and they'll make it for you. So it's a it's a black uh, owner too. So I was nice. out to support her. Yeah, I might get some scut jewelry for my yeah. sisters or something. That's yeah. lit. Okay. Wow. So you like building a Shopify store, or like how are you getting a website? What are you doing? I have website you have a website yes. is it piece of purpose.com well no it's uh neashanae.com oh yeah that's mm-hmm. i feel like it's more barbering stuff on there it's right everything or everything yeah, oh, yeah. neashanae is just is everything Dope. so i feel like a uh, piece of purpose is kind of almost maybe the umbrella in a sense but neashanae is everything so you're going to get the art the photography the jewelry you're going to get everything on neashanae you make jewelry too i do sheesh talk <laughs> about that we didn't even talk about that oh man so growing are th- wait are those your earrings these no, these oh, are man. actually from Queen Yonazdaha. She actually makes them handmade. Those are really nice. Yeah, they're beautiful. As soon as she has like these flash cells, so I was like, oh, I gotta get that one. I want that because they'll go quick. Yeah, they'll go hell quick. Yeah. Yes. Wow. All right. Yeah. Back to yours. Oh yeah. So I I do 
right now I've been playing with healing stones, like wrapping them. I mm. used to collect stones as a kid. My mom would say I would come in the house and I'd have like these pot. Every week we would come back from the beach, I have these pockets full of rocks, like just walking around <laughs> my shorts and I'll leave them on my windowsill. So she's just like, I knew then, like, you know, you were going to be into that. Like, mm -hmm. so till now I started learning how to, I've been teaching myself how to uh, wrap stones. So that's been kind of fun. So wow. that's where I've been starting as. That's dope. Jewelry, yeah. So everything's going to be on com. Yes. yes. Got it. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I'm excited for the future, Nia. I feel like it's just gonna be. I'm just thinking about all this shit. I'm like, wow. Like, you, I didn't know you did that much. Like, I know you did a lot, but damn, you really do do a lot. You should push it more, and you'll get a lot of support. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah, I'm trying to. I've been learning how to balance everything. Cause yeah. I remember growing up, they'd be like, "Well, pick something. You got to pick one thing." And I'm like, "But I love it all. Like, right. I want to master everything. I feel like knowledge is just so infinite. Like, you know. But I'll, I'll take my time with it. But there's so much to do, so you know I'll keep adding on to my. Yeah, I love. Resume. I hate being in a box or yeah. feeling like stuck to one thing. Even podcasts, I'm like, yeah, I like to do my podcast, but now I'm like doing other shit too. You know, it's like, why not be able to do a bunch of things? Mm -hmm. I want to be a rapper or a fucking astronaut, mm -hmm. podcaster. You know what I'm saying? Like, live yeah. your life like that. Yes, I think it's dope. Mm -hmm. We really have a. I'm really excited about AI. I think that sh shit is gonna be a big opportunity. Mm -hmm. If we capitalize on it, I was talking to Trevor yesterday, like, especially as black people, we got to be on the technology, like, because that's, that's an equalizer that can help us minimize a lot of these gaps if we leverage these things that can make a lot of, like, get a lot of productivity out. So I was telling him I wanted to, um, kind of just, I'll probably just make a video of like some of the AI I use and I want to introduce, like, obviously the people in our and BNB to it and just get more dialogue around it because I feel like most people, Heard about it in the news, but don't really know how they could use it in their real life. I want to get a little more awareness around it. True. And I, I wanted to say something from earlier. We were talking about how we met at Greenhaven. Yeah. It was David and Jorge. David, not Daniel. David, yeah. David. Why the fuck? David Roper. I don't know why his name was escaping me. <laughs> I felt so bad because David was my guy. Yeah, I wanted to get that. I was like, yeah, it's David. Thank no, you. In my head. Yeah. Sorry, David. You know, I love you, bro. <laughs> yeah, shout out to him. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what I was talking about then. We were talking about AI and how you oh, want yeah, to the introduce AI. it to BNB. Yeah, I'm going to make a little video. Because like, I did the same thing at work, like introduced it, and it was well-received. People yeah. was like, damn, you can do a lot with that shit. Right. I showed them how I was making like a Star Wars series. I had them set, lay out the whole season one outline, like all types of shit. They write song lyrics. Yeah. Literally anything you want to do, you can yeah. do it. I think in the right hands, it could be done the right way. Facts. I don't want to see anything. shit going to turn real life into a Terminator <laughs> movie. <laughs> Imagine just robots kick your door down and say, <laughs> we're, we're rounding you up. Yeah. yeah. Close. That's, that's scary. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I really appreciate you making the time. Thank you so much for inviting me. It means a lot. For yeah. sure. For sure. I feel like we gotta put this episode on neashanae.com or embed it. <laughs> That's lit. That. Alright, we'll just take a picture and then we can wrap it up. Perfect. Alright, Drake, you just